You're listening to the Rad Podcast. Explore wealth. Different model, a different way, different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Parts of the country, twenty four seven, seven days a week. I was just done with the gurus. If somebody gives me thirty to fifty thousand dollars, that should be a lifetime relationship for Podcast Nation. Because if you give me that kind of money, I have an obligation, in my opinion, a responsibility to see you succeed. Uh, we do so many things on a daily basis, so I appreciate you taking the time to really dive deep into things that could help you in investing in tax liens, tax deeds, and real estate and auctions. And so, you know, we're on a constant journey in this business. And so, you know, today, you know, I get up this morning and we're just dealing dealing with my business partners on a call. And then I'm dealing with fund requests for money from some of my rehabbers. And then I'm dealing with, you know, different requests. So I have money that's going to go out to houses and for an auction that we're hitting tomorrow. And, and so it's just busy, right? And as we go through this process, you know, there's so many things that you have going on in your lives. And I, and, and I want you to understand that, you know, you're going to take that change. You're going to make that shift in order to truly, you know, focus on the things that need to be done. And so, you know, we're going to get into today's lesson, which is about our comps and calculating max offers. But, you know, there's, there's some things that, that as we get into this business, that you're going to do, you're going to have to go through. And so, you know, one of the important lessons, you know, I want to quickly share with you is just your time and how you balance your time and what are your income generating activities. So if you're not focused on the things that are going to make you money, then you need to be focused on the things that are going to protect your investments, protect your money. And so it's a constant balance with time. And so, you know, laying out whether it's an A priorities, B priorities, C priorities, and these are all things we get into deep within our home study course. And so, you know, a lot of you are in our Facebook group. So I, I know I want you to go out and I want you to really focus time in learning some of those things and how you balance the actions you're doing. So let's go ahead and get into today's lesson. Uh, we're going to have a, a tremendously, you know, awesome lesson. And so, you know, one of the first questions you have to ask yourself that you have to really just get into this place and say, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to be an investor? What kind of investor I am? Where am I at from a financial standpoint? And so each and every one of you are looking at that question to yourselves. And some of you are in a place where you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't have a lot of money and I need to really make money right now. And so you may be a person who really needs to flip and turn properties or you may need to be a person who finds someone with money where you're starting to do the hustle and grind for them. Um, and, and so I've always found the fastest way to make money in business, fastest way to make money in real estate is in order to, is to make other people money. Because when you make other people money, they have no challenge paying you money. And so, you know, if you're in that situation, but if you're like most of our students, if you're like the majority of them, you're in this kind of interesting place. Most of the people that come to us are in a, a financial place where they're not, you know, broke. Um, they're not in a place where, you know, they have their retirement set up. And so they're in this kind of middle ground. They're in this nomad zone. I call it, I call it the, the investor wasteland, right? Where you don't have endless amounts of capital to invest, but you have money to invest right now. Um, and if you have that money and you get it invested properly and you get it into good real estate, good deals that are going to make you cash flow, that are going to appreciate, that are going to do good things for you, then, then you're going to be able to retire. You're going to be able to be free, right? When, you're, when your invested money starts making more money than the money it takes you to live, then that's what I call financial freedom. And so as we get into whether you're going to be a buy and hold investor, which is someone who's holding for the long term, um, which is typically, my, my belief is if you want to build wealth, then you need to be a buy and hold investor. You got to get into this thing for the long term, for the long term gain. But there's a lot of people who need more money to buy and hold, so they need to fix and flip. 
And so kind of, you know, a good philosophy to do is if, if you're in a place where you have some money and you can buy and hold, use some of that money to buy and hold. But then take a good amount of money and focus on doing about two flips, three flips, and then use that money to go and buy another buy and hold property. And so, you know, the reality is in real estate, if we could just get five free and clear properties for most people in their lives, five free and clear properties, let's say the average rentals on those is, is $1,400 a month, right? And that's $14,000 a year cash flow because we take 2800 out for insurance and taxes and those kind of things. And, and if you can do that five times, right, that's going to make you about $70,000 a year. So most people can live off of $70,000 a year in, 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 in a challenge. But if you're like me, I can't live off of $70,000 a year. I have a two-year-old. I have a one-year-old. I'm planning for their colleges. I have the future that we're building. And so what if you did it 10 times and you took it to $140,000 a year? So unless your expenses, unless your money is 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 in is in a, is in a in a different place, or you live in a city like New York City or, or or core of Los Angeles, and and you have a different kind of living expense, then 140 is pretty good. And so if you had 10 free and clear houses, it would make a huge difference. So let's go ahead and keep on going. And so there's formulas to calculate your max offers. These formula formulas formulas um, constantly are changing uh, depending on what city you're in, what market you're in. It all comes back to margins. It all comes back to how we're going to make our money and it comes back to how we're going to create this gap, right? It's the, the profit gap that we look at in real estate. And so when I'm buying a house and I buy it for $100,000 and I know I need to put $50,000 in rehab into it and that's 150 and I'm going to sell it for 200000 there's a profit gap in there of 50, right? And that 50 will get eaten up by some different things. It's going to get eaten up by some closing costs. It's going to get eaten up maybe by a lien on the property. And so it's going to get eaten up a little bit. And so usually we, we allot for about 10% of that. And so that's going to take us, you know, on a $200,000 property, takes us down to about 180. So now our gap is about $30,000. We're going to get more into those formulas in just a second. So, you know, what are all of these things that we include right in our formulas for creating max bids, creating offers, um, getting nitty gritty into, uh, you know, what we're going to offer on a property when we go to auction. I remember years ago when, when our students were going to auctions, they were just so ecstatic. They were so happy. They were loving the auctions. They were loving the experience. They were loving being able to go to start to finish. But one of my biggest challenges, my biggest problems is I would ask the auction coach, I would ask the team, I'd be like, well, how many deals did they buy? You know, I would ask the students, how many, how many properties did you buy? And out of 20 students, it might have been one. It might have been two. And, and that's something that was almost, I wouldn't use the word depressing, but disappointing to me. And so about two years ago, we changed the whole process. We flipped the whole thing out upside down, and we made it so that when our students go to the auction, they have the ability to invest with us. And I said that to a group of about 22 at one time, and I said, so we're on this experience together. Rather than doing it separate, what if we did it together? And, and, and out of those 22, 21 of them said, yes, they wanted to do it together. And that's how we really changed this whole equation where 80 to 90% of our live auction experience students get that ability to partner with us and, and really invest with us and make money. And so as you're looking at this thing, you're looking at, at, at potential ARV. So that's our appraised retail value of our, of our property. Um, and so when I'm looking at my comps and comparables and, and really pay attention to Dory and Mike's videos this week when you get them um, and really, really see what, what they're knocking out when it comes to the comps and comparables and it comes to some of the calculations that they're doing in, in different markets around the country. And I think, you know, I, I don't know anyone else that, that, that could, could get such a variety, right, to be able to look at this thing. So you guys are really blessed. Um, estimated rehab costs. So when I go into a house, I go into a property, I'm constantly looking at 
what's my cost of rehab gonna be? And so it depends on the market you're in a little bit. So in, in Texas, I'm paying roughly about $35 uh, to $40 a square foot for a full rehab from start to finish. And in California, I'm paying $40 to $45 a square foot. And in Philadelphia, I'm paying $45 to $50 per square foot. So different cities have different things. And so different cities have different materials costs, different laborers costs. But there's, there's going to get down to, to a cost of rehab. Now, a good number to use is to be safe, right? As always, to overestimate your rehab. That way, after the fact, you're not, you're not wondering, you know, is my gap there? Is my gap not going to be there? Then what we do is we talk about our estimated immediate holding costs. What's going to take, take us to hold this property over the next three months? Because the first thing you're going to do is you're going to buy the property at auction. Um, then you're going to either take possession of it or you're, or you're going to work with the existing tenants or owners that, that, that lived in the house. And so that takes time in order to hold it. Um, there's other holding costs with holding a property. You may need to board the house up um, if, if, it's, if it's vacant and, and you need to get insurance on it. Uh, you may end up needing to pay taxes, right? So like when I buy a property in January, I may not need to pay taxes until January of next year. But if I bought a property in November of last year, I may need to go ahead and pay taxes in January of this year. So these are the part of the holding costs that you start to put, put, put down. Uh, liens that won't fall off at an auction. So this is something uh, you want to be really careful about, you want to pay close attention to, uh, is to, is to these liens. And so um, one of the things that, that we've seen happening kind of across the country, and this is something really to pay attention to, is that we've seen a lot of the law firms, um, and there's a few law firms that do a lot of the auctions around the country, and I'm seeing some of the law firms that aren't putting all the taxes on the minimum bids. And what I mean by that is, is they'll go ahead and put a property up for sale for 2014, 2013 taxes, right? But you're still going to have to probably pay 2014, 2015, 2016 taxes on that property. And so now you can use your overage in order to cover those taxes, but you need to know what you're dealing with. You need to know what you're getting into. Uh, we recently bought a property where, where the, the taxes we were paying off were from like 2007. And so we needed to worry about taxes from 2008 to 2016. So that's eight years of taxes. So even if, if it's $5,000 a year in taxes, which some tax bills are much higher, some are much lower, depending on the property, right? That, that's 5000 a year for eight years. That's forty grand. So that's a lot to pay attention. And then you add, add on the penalties and insurance, uh, not penalties and insurance, penalties and their advertising fees and the other costs that the law firms can group in there. So now now you might be have fifty or $60,000 on on a tax deed property. Now, if I'm buying a tax deed property that's lower, lower, lower appraised value, obviously the taxes are going to be much lower. If they're auctioning the property off for 2016 taxes, then you can be pretty sure you're going to be safe. And so there's certain liens. Now, typically really small liens that may exist on there, right? Typically, you know, water bills or uh, electric bills. Can they be covered by overages? Yes, but that's something you got to know how to do. Um, but like uh, city fines, right? So like in Houston, there's lots of times, let's say somebody doesn't mow their grass for six months. Um, and so instead of the HOA fining them, in some cities, it's the city fining them. And so at that point in time, they might have a $400 fine from the city. And so typically that's not going to fall off. And government IRS liens, federal IRS liens typically don't fall off. Um, but those, those do fall off after a year. So these are just all things to pay attention to um, when you're doing these these properties and so now we're looking at our margin and we look at a little bit of a percentage that's the, the gamble that's like how how much risk are we having here what's our margin and so lots of times when I'm looking at houses I'm gonna say the rehabs forty to sixty five thousand dollars 
And the reason I say forty to sixty-five thousand dollars is because when you're out looking at live auction properties, you're not typically going to get inside. Now, can I say that I've ever knocked on the, somebody's door or I've I've been able to see inside somebody's house? Um, and- we interrupt this broadcast to remind you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Rad Podcast. In different ways, yeah, we have been able to. But the bottom line is you don't always know everything. And so we create this little bit of a gap. Um, typically, I'm going to calculate my max bid based on that $65,000 rehab. But if I get it and it's only 40000 now I've made a huge profit. My general rule is, is I'm gonna calculate at least a 20% profit margin for me. That's our philosophy. Now, depending on if you're a flipper, like we talked about before, you're gonna to need to calculate a 25 or even a 30% profit margin in order to flip and when you're calculating your max bid. So these things are all different. Other things we're gonna keep, keep in mind when we're doing that estimated rehab is our square footage, our percentage of property that needs rehab, like what percentage. And so we have what's called a full rehab, we have a half rehab and a quarter rehab. And so a full rehab is when if you have a thousand square foot house and you're at that $40 a square foot in, in your individual market, then you know, you're going to be at $40,000 for a full rehab. Half have 20,000, quarter rehab $10,000. Um, like in, in Philadelphia, we make a $15,000 allotment on any house no matter what, guaranteed. Um, just because the houses are old, there's only two times in Philadelphia where there is major housing booms, after World War I, after World War II, which means your housing, your newer houses, Lots of times it could be, could be 50, 60 years old. And so we know there's just certain things that are going to be replaced. Like we know that the, the second floor bathroom in most houses in Philadelphia is going to have bad piping and it's going to leak. Um, there's certain things with the, the foundation and the brick that we know we're going to have to shore up um, after all those years. And so we allot for $15,000 even when a house looks, looks perfect. And remember that just because a house looks perfect doesn't mean it is perfect. And so you got to leave a little bit of rehab, a little bit of margin for that, no matter no matter what you're doing. Um, so for the flip and hold, right, we're, we're going to talking about this ARV. Now we're we're going to put this post into Facebook so you guys can have these equations, because um, I think in this just this moment. So we're going to put this slide in there to make sure that you guys have it. Um, and so you know, different people calculate things different ways. Typically for me, when I'm flipping, I like to have a 30% profit margin. When I'm holding, I like to have a 20% profit margin, right? Um, and so typically when I'm calculating my max bids, I'm going to make this a little bit easier. You guys can, can use your equations. When I look at my max bids, I start with my appraised retail value of my property. And so let's say my appraised retail value of my property is $200,000. And so that's number one, right? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, go ahead and take my profit margin off of that immediately. So if I'm flipping and I'm taking a 30% profit margin, at that point in time, I'm going to go ahead and take that times 0.7. And so if I'm at a $200,000 property and I'm going to take that times the 0.7, I'm now starting with a number of $140,000. And so I'm at this $140,000. Now I'm going to go ahead and calculate what's my estimated rehab. And I'm calculating this number. And so my estimated rehab, um, let's say it's a 1,500 square foot house, right? Um, and let's say it's not a full rehab, but I don't think it's quite a half-half, so we're going to go three, three quarters, right? Um, and so now I'm going to calculate, let's say um, I'm at $40 a square foot, but I'm going to go three, dollar, uh, three quarters, so I'm going to say $30 a square foot, right? So at $30 a square foot times the 1,500 square feet, I'm going to be at $45,000. Now my max bid has gone from the 140 down to $95,000. 
Um, let's say I found a, a water lien and I found a, a, a city maintenance lien on the property for like 1200 bucks. And so now I've gone from that 95,000 to 93,800. And so as you guys are looking at, at your equation, you know, the biggest thing on here we haven't calculated is the holding cost. And that's the one people miss more than any other time. They don't realize that it's going to cost, cost there. Now, if I have, if I'm flipping, I'm going to have a holding cost for clearing title. So we use different resources, different things to clear title really quickly. So lots of times that clearing the title is going to cost me about $2,800. So I've now gone from the 93 down to, you know, well, 93, whatever I said it was. So let's just say we're at 91,000 right now. Um, and then I'm going to have some other miscellaneous holding costs. I got to, let's say I got to pay, you know, some insurance on this property and different things. And so I'm going to take that little bit of miscellaneous that's in there. And we're at 95, usually I say about 10%, right, is where we started at. And so I'm going to take about 10 grand off of this sucker. And so my max bid on this property is going to probably be around $85,000. And so that gives me a good idea if I'm working on a $200,000 property, um, how to do it. You know, I wasn't going to do a blank sheet and draw up here, but I'm going to ask Tim to come over and draw up a blank sheet because I can sit here and talk numbers all day because when I when I calculate, I did it with these fancy fingers on the computer keyboard, right? So so what I want to do is be able to draw up the, um, he's dancing behind the camera because he feels super cool. The the I'm going to draw up this same equation for you guys because I think me just talking through it isn't enough. I think you need to see it to make it, make it a little bit easier for you. So, drawing. Ah, it's there. See, it's all ready to go. And so we're going to go back and run through that same scenario a second time just to make it a little bit easier for everybody. So we're going to start with a 200K ARV on my property. Okay. Um, this time we're going to do it as a hold instead of as a flip. Last time we did it as a flip. So now I'm going to do it as a hold. So that I'm going to do with my 20%, right? 20% on here. So that's going to take me from 200 to 160K on the property. Now we said we had a three quarters rehab on it. Now my hold rehab, understand this, is a little less expensive than my flip rehab. Because flip rehab, you're getting at retail, you're getting ready to flip it. And there's different kinds of flips, which we can get into another video later. There's my, my, my rent a property out and flip it to an investor. Then there's flipping a property to a first time, uh, first time home buyer or, a, or a, an own, uh, live in home, a home, a home buyer who lives in the property, right? So there's different kinds of re retails. So I'm probably going to be more likely at $30 a square, I mean at $20 a square foot on this property. And so that times the $1,500 is going to put me at roughly $30,000 in my rehab cost. And so that's going to now put me, so far, I'm at $130K. And so, so now I'm going to go ahead and put in my holding costs and my other miscellaneous costs, about, about 10%. Um, and I'm going to do 10% of the ARV just to create a little extra buffer, a little extra buffer, which is going to be about $20,000. And so now if I'm going to buy and hold on that property at that point in time, I'm going to be at 110000 So you can see what a massive difference it is between the flip strategy and the hold strategy on what you're able to pay for properties. Now if I'm buying a property for 110000 I mean, and I only have a $30,000 rehab and $20,000 uh, in flip cost in there, I'm going to be in a really positive place when it comes down to my bottom line numbers. I have created a lot of margin in here in order to succeed. Now, this is pretty standard for us. On our buy and hold properties, we're usually at 50 to 60 cents on the dollar. Really common for us. On our flip properties, we're typically at about 40 cents on the dollar. And so this number lines right up with that strategy. So let's go ahead and flip back 
to the PowerPoint because I know we're we're already 20 minutes into this thing, and I'd like to keep the lives you know short and impactful everybody. But I know we're covering a ton of information in a very short period of time for everybody, and so you know this just goes a little bit right. Uh, max bid equals your minimum tax bid. Um, don't go further than that. And so so there's just some things about max bidding, and so what what that means is is there's a lot of auctions where properties aren't bid on. Properties aren't, aren't, aren't uh, nobody else is going to bid on it. And so there's times when I see certain deals or certain properties and I just say, look, if we get it for the minimum bid, if we get it for the, the exact amount that it's coming out of the auction for, I might go ahead and bid on it. Um, you know, like they said, take 20% off the top no matter what, take 15K for rehab no matter what. So we actually already covered that. So let's keep on going. Um, actually, I'm gonna let next week when we're talking about bidding, I'm gonna let the guys get more into the max bid sheets and those kind of things and, and, and the different people in the group. So um, let's see here. Yeah, this is the last note for today that I think is just incredibly important. And I used to do this all the time. She's asking me to look at questions. So I'm gonna jump on the computer um, and take a look at these questions real quick. And I'm using a computer that is not mine, so we'll see how good I do here. I am perfectly human. So I see good morning Dutch from Kathy. So good morning. Um, Gretchen and Dalen are watching me, so that's just kind of scary the way that, that it says that. Um, you know, there's hidden lawyers' fees, I agree. Surprising that Philly has the highest rehab cost. Um, and so, you know, just a couple comments from the group. So, yeah, Philly has the highest rehab cost for us so far. Um, now, we're working diligently to drive those rehab costs down, like we've hired an internal former foreman, we've hired some internal crew. Um, but typically, what I want you guys to think is that that you're gonna need to start at the highest numbers of rehab. And then as you do more and more deals, you start to drive those numbers down. Now, if you start with a high estimated rehab and you beat those numbers, then good, that's gravy, it's profit in your, prop, in your pocket. But if you're under calculating and underestimating the rehab numbers, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna get to the end of the deal and you may not make any money at all or only make a little bit of money. And so, you know, part of bidding and part of this whole process when it comes to calculating my max bid, when it comes to calculating my RRBs, which is so important, a big part of this is discipline. It's the willingness to be patient and the willingness to have discipline. Look, we this month we've probably looked at, I don't know if we've looked at 500 properties or 400 properties, but we've looked at over over hundreds of properties this month. And, and we may or may not buy a property at auction uh, in the middle of the month. Now, my belief is, actually we already bought a property on Tuesday, um, but the bottom line is, is, is you, you have to be patient. And there's auctions where I've been patient for three days, three long days. I've looked at hundreds of properties and nothing goes at my prices and I just get to a point where I start to get frustrated. And then, and then boom, we're 15 minutes left in the auction and people ran out of money, other bidders got lazy, people left, just perfect timing. And we bought 11 properties out of like the last 25 properties in an auction one time because everything fell into our numbers. And so part of it's that patience thing. And so I used to always be on an auction trip and I would say this, I'd say to myself, you know what, that's my favorite property of this auction. And what I always found myself doing was one, being disappointed if I didn't win that property at auction, but two, always being, I was always willing to push the bid a little bit further. And so what I found over the years is you just, you have to detach emotionally um, and just, just look at every property as a number, as a specific equation. And, and if it falls into your equation, then fantastic. If it doesn't, you need to walk away. And so I would recommend though, if you ever get to a point where you really like a property, um, even even like you're really a fan of a property, potentially just take it off your max bid sheet. 
Um, it's, it's not worth it for people who can't have that discipline to even have it on there. So something to think about or work on a pre-auction deal with that house might be something for you to put extra time and focus on. And then some reason when you work hard on a pre-auction deal, um, you kind of just lose the, if, it, if you don't nail it as a pre-auction deal, for some reason when it comes to the auction, you just don't worry about buying it because um, the deal didn't work out as the pre-auction. And so, you know, a lot to cover, a lot of information today. You might want to watch this video twice, um, but just super, super good stuff. Thank you to my team uh, for, for just making sure it's prepared, making sure it's ready uh, for all of you. Our team's working their butts off to make sure you have the best content, best information out there in the world. Uh, Mike's dealing with the first freeze in Houston and, and X number of years, I don't know, 100 years, um, but they also had 100-year floods, and so he's post-hurricane, and yet he's putting together videos for all of you to, to really help you get to the next level. Dory's, you know, it's winter in Philadelphia, which changes the whole game. He's also driving properties and, and, and bought a property Tuesday uh, with Patrick from our team. And then, and then you know, Wednesday he's recouping, and then Thursday he goes back out to, to more properties. And he shouldn't even say Wednesday he's recouping. Wednesday he's driving more properties and, and, and recouping, and, and Thursday he's back at, a, at another auction. So, you know, the team's out there hustling for you to give you the best that there is, and, and, and I know we are. So we'll see you guys on the flip side. Like, share our stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you in the flip side. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Rad Podcast, an exploration of wealth. For more information, please visit our website, www.raddiversified.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. 